0: You are Locked On Jets, your daily New York Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is the Locked On Jets podcast for Tuesday, October 6th, 2020. I'm your host, John B. from Gangrenenation.com. and our show today is brought to you by Pepsi, This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi. The Jets made a somewhat notable roster move yesterday. They waived Kalen Balaj after Balaj had a horrible week four game against the Denver Broncos. He missed a couple of blitz pickups, one of which ironically probably benefited the Jets because it led to a Sam Darnold touchdown because Denver missed the, the tackle on the sack, which led Darnold to take up with the ball down the field, and he ended up running for a touchdown. But Balage, awful game, pair of missed blitz pickups. He missed a tackle on special teams. So the Kalen Balaj era has come to an end for the Jets. Who could have ever foreseen a running back who averaged 1.8 yards per attempt last year not working out for the Jets? And you you may remember the Jets tried to give Miami a draft pick for him not that long ago. Back back in August, the Jets traded a conditional seventh-round pick to Miami for Balaj, a trade that was called off because Balaj failed his physical. The Jets ended up signing him a few weeks later after the Dolphins had let him go, and now he is no longer a member of the New York Jets. That era is at an end. But it's actually a good starting point for today's show where I'm going to talk about some moves that I think the Jets should make, what, the, what I think the Jets should do right now, because one of them was going to be cut Kalen Bellage after that performance on Thursday and you know how little he was bringing to the table. Now, one thing I want to make clear at the, s- the start of this is I, I don't think any th- any of these things I'm going to suggest are going to radically change the trajectory of this season. We've seen this is a very bad football team. And really, the moves I'm going to suggest are just things that can maybe improve things a little bit around the edges. There are major issues with this team. The coaching is not good. The talent level is just not there. Now, we do have some good things that could be coming yeah, at least so at least the team could be improving in the next few weeks as they start to get back some of their players on the offense. Because as bad as the Jets have been, I mean, they have been missing some important players. I mean, they've had to play down two at least two receivers, two starting receivers for most of the year. They have not had their starting receiver group together at all this year. Their starting running back has only played one game. The last couple of games they've had to play with backup tackles. And as I frequently say, if you don't have good starters... Things are gonna get really ugly when your backups go in because those backups aren't even good enough to start over bad starters. So at least things may be moving into a positive direction, at least slightly, if slightly so. But these are a few things, a few changes I would make. And I will start with the obvious one. And I've made my views clear on this. And I spent a lot of yesterday's podcast expressing my frustration over this guy over the fact that this guy still works for the Jets. I think it's obvious that you should get rid of Adam Gase. He's not gonna be here next year. And you know, it's what's funny is the most frequent objection I hear to people talking about firing Adam Gase right now is what good will it do the Jets? And to that I ask you a question. What good is it doing keeping him? Are you seeing a team that's out there competing? Are you seeing a team that's out there putting together good game plans? I what what rationale we know he's going to get fired at the at least by the end of the year. If he doesn't, I mean, I give up. So what rationale do, do you have for not making a change right now? How how's how's having Adam Gase around making this team better? Is the team going to get worse because Adam Gase is not here? He's proven that he's one of the worst coaches in the NFL once again. This is the second straight time second straight year we're in early October and the season's over and we're looking to the draft. And he's he did a terrible job at the end of his tenure in Miami. And here's the other thing: how many guys have we seen, both now with the Jets, guys who left the Jets after after last season, but also in his time with Miami, who have gotten a lot better after he stopped coaching them? You know, players who are on teams where the coaches understand how to use them. Uh, what's what's keeping us from making the change? So, uh, and uh, and here's the other thing: and I don't think that you know changing the offensive coordinator is going to. Be able to fix the lack, the lack of talent, but the Jets do have a guy on their staff who was a decent offensive coordinator, and Jim Bob Cooter, who's the running backs coach. He he did a decent job with Detroit. He's not he's not Andy Reid. He's not Kyle Shanahan as a play caller. He's not going to fix. I mean, this is going to be a bottom of the league offense, but he'll do a better job than what we got now. I, I have no doubt of that. So, now, who should be the interim coach? I mean, I guess Greg Williams would be the obvious choice. If you want to say Greg Williams doesn't deserve it, I can't really argue with you because. Greg Williams has been, as, as impressive as Greg Williams was last year, Greg Williams has been that bad this year. I remember when the Jets hired Greg Williams, I was okay with the hire. I had no objection to it. I kind of liked it. But you think of the scenarios. You think of what the good qualities this coach brings and the bad qualities this coach brings. Last year was probably like the best case scenario where he lights a fire under a unit that doesn't have a lot of talent and gets them to overachieve. And there were some other contributing factors. You had the best safety in the NFL who was making plays all over the place, you had a below-average set of offenses you were facing down the stretch. But Greg Williams did a good job. And this year was like the the worst-case scenario I had in mind when the Jets hired him, where the defense was just totally out of control. Where even though the sum of the parts is not that high, the defense is still lower than the sum of its parts. But somebody's got to coach the team if you get rid of Gase, And Williams has experience. He did a good job uh, two years ago with Cleveland. You know, you want to tell me, Brent, bring Brant Boyer up to coach the team? I, look, I... I Don't have a big objection to that, but it is interesting the parallel to think of the parallels between that Cleveland team two years ago when Hugh Jackson was fired, and they promoted Williams from defensive coordinator to interim head coach. And at the same time, they also fired their offensive coordinator, Todd Haley, and they promoted their running backs coach, Freddie Kitchen, to offensive coordinator. And Baker Mayfield started playing a lot better. And I'm not saying that's going to happen with Darnold because again, I mean there's a big talent issue here. And I don't want to make Jim Bob Cooter into the greatest offensive mind in the league. But I do think that this is the type of thing that could improve the team. Because I do think Greg Williams would do a better job over the final three quarters of the season than Adam Gase would do. I do think the offense would be in better hands with Jim Bob Cooter than it would be un- under our current situation with Gase and Loggins. So that's the first move. And I had to hear on the Locked on Jets podcast, I'll talk about some of the other things I would like to see the Jets change This season, get football on your time with NFL Game Pass. You can catch every snap from every game with full game replays. And you can see all the games in just 45 minutes with condensed games. You can relive all the gutsy calls, crazy catches, wild comebacks, and breakout stars from every game every week. It's all the action, all the football you can handle, all in one place. And NFL Game Pass is the only place where you can replay every game all season long. You'll learn from the league's best players with over 40 NFL Game Pass film session episodes. Go inside the game from a player's perspective as they break down the game's concepts and techniques. Learn from the best like Deshaun Watson, Stephon Gilmore, Devonte Adams, and many more. NFL Game Pass also provides access to the entire NFL Films archive. Go to nfl.com slash game pass to start your free trial today. NFL Game Pass, where football never stops. This is the Locked On Jets podcast on this Tuesday, and today I'm talking about changes that I would make if I was in charge of the Jets, which obviously I'm not, and I began the show with the caveat that I'm not expecting any of these changes to turn this into a good football team. These are changes that I think can make the Jets slightly better, slightly more competitive. And if you watch Thursday's game, I mean, maybe one or two plays run more efficiently could have been the difference between a win and a loss. So maybe it'll help them a little bit, but I'm not expecting this to turn this into a playoff team or anything close to that. Just moves that I think could improve the Jets. The next thing I would do, and this is going to be a little controversial because this is a guy who's played terribly so far, but I think that they need to do a better job of trying to work Chris Herndon into this offense. Yes, listen, I understand. I'm not arguing Chris Herndon has played well, but if you were asking me which player is most likely to have the patented post-Adam Gaze breakout on the Jets because it's happened with so many players and you're seeing it with guys who were on the Jets last year who have gone to new teams and are playing great, Mr. Anderson in Carolina, You know some of the offensive linemen who left last year. I think Chris Herndon is the guy who strikes me as the most likely member of the Jets next year once there's a new coach in here to make an impact. It's because Chris Herndon has a lot of athletic ability. In fact, the Jets spent their training camp talking about how talented he was and what an integral part of the offense he was going to have and he, they really have not worked him into the offense at all. And I wonder a little bit, because there have been numbers that have been put out there about how he's blocking at one of the highest rates of any tight end in the NFL. You wonder, you know, how different would he be if they were trying to make a point to work him down the field more? Because they're not really trying to do that. And you wonder how that's impacting his play. And again, like, that's not really an excuse for Herndon, because Herndon's got to be better. Dropping too many passes... I'm not, that's not, that's not an excuse for Herndon, but I do wonder whether he'd be better if the Jets were trying to utilize him more. And when you look at what the Jets have in the passing game, especially with all these key players out, you know, they're throwing, you have Sam Darnold throwing the ball to Chris Hogan. You got Sam Darnold, Throwing the ball to Lawrence Cager. I mean, things are so bad that Jeff Smith actually looked pretty good. Jeff Smith was a non-drafted free agent they signed last year. And Jeff Smith, you know, I, I re-watched the game. I re-watched the film. Jeff Smith wasn't running spectacular routes. Jeff Smith was okay. He added, he added a little bit a little bit of a speed element to it. He was just running routes a little bit better than those other guys. And Sam Darnold was able to get him the ball with even, a, like, a little bit Better route run than your typical Chris Hogan route or your typical Lawrence Cager route we, with a slight improvement in the route running ability. Sam Darnold was able to get him the ball, so it, I would look to utilize Herndon more. And again, you know, I know the response is going to be he's been terrible, and if that's your response, you're right. But we don't really have a lot of great options, even with some of the guys, some of the receivers coming back into the lineup. And that's one of the things like, I don't understand. I understand, Again, I get it, he, he's dropped passes. But look at the other the other options here. Why has there not been more of a point to get him more involved, to get him engaged, to get him into the flow of games? I, I, I don't really get it. And on the same note, if I'm going to increase Chris Herndon's role, and I don't want to like, I've been talking about this a lot, so I don't want to go too much into this, but I'm sorry, Frank Gore cannot be 12th in the NFL in carries. Get some young legs in there. Get Michael P. Ryan in there. Get Michael P. Well, Michael P. run some more carries because there have been some plays that have been blocked up pretty well, and a young Frank Gore could have turned these into big runs, but somebody just grabs him. You know, one of the defenders just gets him right before he's about to explode through the hole. They they got to get some younger legs in on this offense. I, I think that's all there is to it. Frank Gore, I've said this res, nothing but respect for him. Great career, good, not a bad guy to have in the locker room. I'm not going to say cut Frank Gore. Because I think you know he's a good guy to have around, a guy who's a professional in every sense of the word, and that's why he gets praised so much. You know, every time you watch a game, you hear you hear the announcers talking about the ageless Frank Gore. They show how you know he's he looks exactly like he did when he was a rookie. You know, they show the the 2005 picture with his twenty with his 2020 picture, and you know he hasn't he doesn't look like he's aged a day, and that's all great. But unfortunately, his game has aged. He's not the player he used to be. And yes, he is a player who I think can help you in a limited capacity. I do think he can handle a couple touches a game, but the Jets cannot build this offense through him the way they've been doing. So I think that something needs to change on that front. I think the Jets need to greatly reduce. I want to see more Herndon and less Gore. And I'm not saying Herndon's going to be great. I'm saying he's the best option we got right now. Now, if you're looking to fix your car, the best option you've got is rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. RockAuto.com's prices are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? So go to RockAuto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com Break through your wall with Built Go. They're easy to take in one-and-a-half-ounce packages. You, you can put it in your briefcase for the most focused presentation ever, your golf bag to power through the back nine, or in your pocket to get through the day. Built Go is the best workout gel on the market. It's like five-hour energy without the same crash feeling. Plus, it's natural, so it's better for the body. It's like drinking a monster drink with a third of the caffeine and better results, and it comes in three delicious flavors. Peanut butter honey, chocolate coconut, and chocolate mint. Visit builtgo.com and use promo code LOCKED and you'll get 30% off your next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D, for 30% off at builtgo, B-U-I-L-T-G-O.com. Let's go. Locked on Jets podcast here on this Tuesday, and I'm talking about changes I would make for the New York Jets. The next change I would make, and this is something I've discussed over the last week, there are just certain players on this team right now who I don't think really serve a purpose. And Kalen Balazs was one of them. I was going to recommend when I was putting together the outline for this show, Kalen Balazs was a player I was going to recommend the Jets cut because he was bringing nothing to the table. Again, he was not good in pass protection. He really doesn't have much of a record as a runner. I just really did not see what what purpose he served being on this team, aside from being an Adam Gase guy. Now, there are a couple other guys I would let go right now. Chris Hogan's one of them. No offense to Chris Hogan. He's put together a nice career in the NFL. He's lasted a while. He's just not. He can't get open right now. He just can't get open. And he can't win contested balls in the air. Uh, There's no point in having a wide receiver like Chris Hogan on your team. And the same thing goes for Alec Ogletree. Alec Ogletree had a couple good years in the league. I'll be honest with you. When the Jets signed him to their practice squad, I had memories of Ogletree's days as a productive player, and I said, well, wow, that's that's not a bad move. Little did I know, Alec Ogletree really can't provide anything at this point. I mean, he's about as immobile as you can possibly be at the linebacker position. And on top of that, he committed a, a really stupid penalty on Thursday night. In a game where the Jets committed six personal fouls on defense, Ogletree may have had the dumbest one where he was nowhere near the play. And somebody argued to, to me that they thought that of the six personal fouls, three of them were bad calls. Well, here's the thing. Even if that, even if that's true, and I'm not sure that's necessarily true that three of them were bad calls, but if you take three away, you're still left with three because the Jets committed six. So even if you take three away, Jets committed three personal fouls in that game. That's way too many. That's undisciplined. So on top of Ogletree not really being able to play effectively, he's also hurting the team with, the, with a dumb penalty. So... That's the kind of guy I, I would not mind getting out of here. Because the Jet, I mean, look, the Jet, any b- backup linebacker the Jets could put out there is probably going to be better than Ogletree at this point. I think his days as a productive player are over. And for a team that's not going anywhere, it's not even like you, you get the benefit of putting a veteran out there in this spot. If you're not going to have somebody who can really handle the job effectively, you might as well just put a young guy out there and see maybe you can find somebody who has potential. Maybe you can get them a few reps. If you're not like if you're not going to get good play and you you're not going to win. Like I think even if you're like you're a winning team, there's a, there's something to be said for having somebody with a veteran savvy who knows where he needs to be. But that's not where the Jets are right now. So I just don't see where either of these guys really fit. And that leads me to my to my last point. And this is more for the weeks ahead as we approach the trade deadline. But I think we're to the point where the Jets need to think about who's going to be on this team in the year 2022. And if you think that the, the one of these players is not going to be on this team and you can get a trade for him, I think you do it. And I'm not sure the Jets really have a lot of guys who have trade value because the Jets have some bad contracts remaining on this team. I mean, is anybody really going to trade for Henry Anderson and his salary? Is anybody going to trade for Le'Veon Bell at his salary? I, I, I have a tough time believing it. So these are the obvious trades. But if there's some – say you have like Jamis, Jamison Crowder. And it might be a tough call. It might be a tough call because he's about the only reliable option you have left for Sam Darnold. But is Crowder going to be on this team in two years? I kind of have my doubts. His cap hit is very high. See, one of the issues the Jets run into frequently is a guy like Crowder, whose cap hit is probably too high for what he provides. You may be hesitant to get rid of him because you say, Well, now you'll have nothing at the position. And you you kind of you kind of create a situation where you keep guys you shouldn't keep because you worry about how much worse the team's going to get. And at some point, you just have to make the hard decisions to move on and start building this thing the right way going forward. And I know th- there's going to be an argument it's going to hurt Sam Darnold's development. Look, if Jamison Crowder, if you think that's literally the difference between Sam Darnold producing and Sam Darnold collapsing, then maybe you hold on to him. But I kind of doubt one receiver, especially one, the caliber of Crowder is really going to make that big of a difference over the last half a season or so, last half to three quarters of a season. I just don't think that's the difference between Sam Darnold working out and Sam Darnold not working out. The Jets have done a horrible job trying to put Sam Darnold in a position to succeed. And I don't you know, I don't know that one receiver is going to make a difference. At this point for the Jets, everything has to be focused on the future. So if you can get a pick for somebody like a Jamison Crowder, I think you have to consider strongly doing it again unless you've just come to the conclusion in your internal analysis that Sam Darnold will be a success if Crowder stays and Sam Darnold will be a failure if he goes but I really don't think that's the case. I think the arrow is not I think the arrow is kind of pointing down on Sam Darnold and I think the Jets are have a lot of responsibility in that because they have not put him in the in the position to succeed. But ultimately taking one role player receiver off the team i mean i think the damage is done if there's damage that's been done it's probably been done already and keeping somebody like that on the team or maybe even a brashad perryman although i'm not sure how much value he has but guys like this i mean who might be better than the backups they're still not that good and they're still not really going to move things in a positive direction for the jets i I would say so i think you have to look at this and if there's anybody on your team who has value who will not be on the team in two years, I think you have to look to trade them. I think that that was one of the biggest mistakes Joe Douglas made last year. If they did not think they were going to re-sign Robbie Anderson. And, you know, a lot of people are saying right now, Jess may have made a mistake letting Robbie Anderson go. I think we need to wait, to, wait a little bit longer to see that because Robbie's had hot months before. It's always been a question of consistency with Robbie. But I will say this, through one month, you might have a point. We'll see if this continues. But at any rate, if the Jets were not going to bring him back, if the Jets had just decided we're not bringing him back, they should have traded him for what they could get last year. Because ultimately, what Robbie Anderson gave you the second half of the year, I'm not really sure it was worth losing out on even like a fourth round pick they could have gotten for him. Because the Jets need all the picks they can get to build going forward. Now, if a player you think a player is going to be part of your long-term solution, that you, you don't trade him. You think the player is going to be producing for you at a reasonable salary in 2022? I'm not saying you trade him if there's a player who's about to become a free agent this offseason who you want to resign and you think you can get it done at a reasonable salary, resign him. But if there's a player who's not part of your long-term solution and you can get something in exchange instead of letting him leave for nothing, make the, make the deal. That's all for our show today. Thank you for listening. This has been the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, if you enjoy our show, subscribe to it and leave it a good review. I hope you have a great Tuesday, everybody. We'll be back tomorrow with our weekly mailbag.